This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Does anybody remember what our theme verse for 2021 is? Isaiah 50 and verse 7. All right. I, I'm not going to hurt. That, that hurt me in the heart part there a little bit. What's the theme verse for, for 2021? That's Isaiah 50 and verse 7. And so let's go ahead and uh, throw this up on the screen here. Today is going to be part four of our series uh, for two th- starting off the year. It's called Like Stone. And uh, this is part four. But the theme verse is this, Isaiah 50 verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. I know that I will not be put to shame. And I say it every week. I am not going to regret serving Jesus. There's no way. There's no way. If I die tomorrow, no regrets, man. I'm giving Jesus 110% of everything that I have. And that's, I mean, he deserves so much more. But we're giving him everything that we have. And so everything that we've talked about the previous few weeks here comes down to determination. Determination that no matter what goes on around us, no matter what goes on in this world, we are setting our face like stone, determined to do his will. Now, I've got a question for you. Have you ever actually given any thought about if you're following God's will for your life? I mean, some people think about that. Some people don't think about that. And well, you know, I would think about it if I was, you know, had a calling on my life or you do have a calling on your life, first of all. So let's just get that straight right here. But then the next thing I want to say is this is, do you ever actually stop and think and ask God, is what I'm doing with my life right now what you actually planned for my life? Or am I just out there kind of, you know, I, I, I serve you, I know you, I love you, but I don't know if I'm actually doing what God called me to do, what God created me to do. Have you ever thought about that question? Because a central part of this verse is this, is that I'm determined to do His will. His will. And I just made the decision a long time ago, if I'm not going to do the will of God for my life, I don't even want to be here. I would much rather just be on up in heaven right now, away from all this mess. But God has a call on my life, and he has a call on your life. And the question is, are you doing his will for your life, or are you just doing, you know, well, I'm trying to live the American dream, man. I'm trying to make as much money as I possibly can trying to raise my kids to be decent citizens, trying to, you know, do my part to help control the, the carbon emissions, and that's about all you can do right there, isn't it? Man, there's a lot more you can do. You can do all of those wonderful, nice things I just mentioned, but listen to me right now. Are you doing His will for your life? You know, I've been involved in a lot of funerals in my life. I was just thinking about this the other day. I grew up a pastor's kid, so I... And I attended a lot of funerals. My my kids were talking to uh, some friends at school, and they're like, well, we've never been to a funeral before. And, and I meet sometimes adults that have never actually been to a funeral before. And I've been to a lot of funerals. My dad did them as a child. I grew up, and I've done a lot of funerals, being on call for the 
uh, local uh, mortuary and all that, and, and now hosting a lot here at the church. But you can't go to hundreds of funerals and not think to yourself, man, I wonder what they're going to say about me when it's my turn. What, what are they going to, you know, if that thought doesn't even cross your mind, I don't know. But you can't have buried hundreds of people. And, 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 you, and I hear people, you know, uh, you know, talking about their loved one and sharing different things. And my, my favorite is, uh, you know, man, someone lived a long life. I've done a couple of funerals for people that were married 60, 65 years. And I'm like, dude, that's what I'm talking about right there. Being married, that's our goal. Katie and I get married in 19. Our goal from the beginning is like, man, we want to hit like a 70-year anniversary, 75-year anniversary. And I, I want that. And, and, and I love it when I hear that. But, but really, what are people going to say about you when it's your turn? Because, you know, there's a great chance that the rapture will happen and we'll just get pulled out of this whole thing before it's all over with. And I'm, I would love that. But like it or not, you're born and then someday you die. Those two things, they happen, right? And and uh, we're promised a long life if we'll obey the word of God and do things his way. We have those promises. So, I, you know, I'm believing for a long life. Uh, but even if I live 120 years, that's just a drop in the bucket to all eternity. I mean, that's nothing. And so with all of that being said, it is massively important to me that I'm not just wandering around down here in Barstow for the next, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. I want to do the will of God for my life. I, 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 can't, I, I can't do anything else. And so I'm trying to shoot as straight and honest with you as I can according to Scripture and according to what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart for the next season of life. And so that's why we're using this theme verse for this year. But I'm challenging you today to examine your life in light of, am I doing His will for my life, or am I just, you know, trying to live the American dream and do what I got to do to take care of me and my four no more? What is it that you're doing down here? And so, anyway, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word of God here, and I, I want you to pay attention today and hear what God's saying. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. We thank you that it's true, God, and that we can rely on everything that you say. And, Lord, I know that you're challenging us uh, this season, Lord, to step up to a higher level with you. And I pray that everybody here today will listen to what the word of God is saying. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. And so regarding, thank you, son. Thank you. <laughs> uh, regarding doing the will of God for your life. Number one is this. You need to know that there will be challenges. There will be challenges because a lot of people, they think, well, man, if I was really in the will of God right now, nothing bad would be happening. I mean, if I was in the will of God right now, everybody would like me. Everybody would love me. Everybody would affirm me and, and tell me how good I'm doing. And really the fact of the matter is this, that, that oftentimes when you're in the will of God, people aren't always very nice to you. In fact, it generally takes people off if you're doing what God told you to do instead of doing what they told you to do or what they want you to do. If you'll go God's way instead of their way, generally speaking, it makes people not so happy with you. And following God's plan for your life will definitely bring blessings. There's no doubt about it. Following God's plan will definitely bring blessings. And it's always for your good to do his will and plan for your life. But his way is not always the easy way. You need to understand that. 
too many people get this mixed up and we've been conditioned in our day and age to take the path of least resistance. Well, I was going to go to, to that job, but they said I got to wear a tie. They're, they're giving me a hard time, so I'm just going to go this way. Or, or I was going to do this over here, and, and then these guys, they didn't seem like they, like they supported it. So, and, and people quit. And let's just get super real right now. There are a lot of very weak and sensitive people in the world around us that they are so sensitive that if you don't, you know, constantly tell them how awesome they're doing and how wonderful they are and that they are always right, I mean, they're liable to just have a meltdown to blow up on you. To I don't know. I mean, do all sorts of crazy things. And that is not how a mature Christian acts. I will follow God and preach what he told me to preach. And if none of you like it, then I guess you won't come back no more. And we'll just, you know, do it that way. Whatever. But I can't base the will of God and what I'm going to do with my life on how you treat me. I am determined to do his will. And until you're determined to do his will, your face will not be set as stone. That's a cute thing to say, and it's a, you know, and it's a, a inspirational deal. But until you're determined to do his will and you realize, wait, this wasn't about me anyway. This was about God. You're going to be a quitter. And last week, God forbid, some people become cowards. Because Revelation 21 told us that cowards don't get to go to heaven. And I mean, that's just a, that's a hard statement to look at, but you need to know that when you do the will of God, you will receive resistance from the devil and from people that you upset in the process. You will receive some pushback and some resistance. But how do you get stronger? By pushing back against resistance, right? I mean, we know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. But you can exercise your faith and you can make your faith a whole lot stronger when you push back against the resistance. When you're working out, how do your muscles get stronger? When you push back and overcome the resistance of the weight that is set against you, it's hard. you got to push for it. you got to stretch yourself. But after a while, once you overcome that, muscle begins to develop. And a strong Christian is somebody that didn't just have everything easily handed to them. There's somebody that overcame some things and pushed back when the devil came to push at you. You pushed back and said, no, in the name of Jesus, I resist you. You pushed back when sickness comes. Well, I know, man, the doctor said this, though. You say, no, the doctor may have said this, but the word of God says that he sent his word and healed them of all their disease and delivered them from their iniquities. You need to push back against the powers that are coming against you. And you will make some people upset in the process. But we're talking about there will be challenges of doing his will. You know, I was thinking about my parents. They face more challenges and resistance than pretty much anybody that I know regarding doing the will of God. And sometimes it's kind of easy, you know, when it seems like things are success that, man, that must have been nice. That, that must have, wow, uh, they must have had it easy. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the people that have been, and, and you know, it's a sad thing to say, but uh, when you're in ministry, you get betrayed sometimes, and it hurts real bad. When you've given your whole life for somebody and laid everything down and, 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 and did everything to pull them up out of the ditch and get them on their feet, and then in the end, they, they, uh, they betray you. That's happened, and I've got stories to tell that I 
refuse to tell because I've buried them and forgiven and move on. But listen to me, especially when I was a child in Indiana, uh, they've been betrayed and stabbed in the back, but they didn't say, well, I guess we're going to quit now. We'll go find something else to do. No, they were determined to do the will of God, whether it made people mad or not. They've had, they've given up houses to follow Jesus. I mean, I could go into that. We sold our house to make sure that the church could go, not in California, but in Indiana. They've given up jobs to preach instead. Now, I realize you see a few super rich preachers on TV, but uh, it's not typically known as, you know, a job you get into to make a bunch of money, right? And thank God that I work for God, not people, and so God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, man. I'm doing great. We're fabulous, blessed, and, 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 and all this wonderful stuff, but... Uh, but you know, we were talking to some guy the other night and, and, and he's like, man, why don't you guys go do this? You can make a lot more money. Brother, listen, my goal in life isn't to make money. It's to make disciples for Jesus Christ and get people to heaven. If I was trying to make a bunch of money, yeah, there's a whole bunch of jobs I'd go do and make a whole lot more money than what I make. But that's not my goal. My goal is to get people to heaven. Amen. And praise God. There's a, you know, God needs you to, you know, be blessed to make money. So I'm not against all that. But what I'm saying is you'll receive some resistance. Well, how do you know that? Because I've seen it firsthand my entire life. Just like Paul said last week in second Corinthians 12, I've received trouble from people that claim to be believers, but they're really not. And they came against me and they were the ones that tried to bring me down. But listen, Great is his faithfulness. And none of those things that I just mentioned have stopped my parents or my family. And I'm not bragging on, on my parents, but you just need to see a real-life example. And because they didn't quit, I'm preaching right now, but High Desert Word Center's doors are open in the middle of the global pandemic. And people are getting saved. We're baptizing people. We're, we've got marriages lined up for this year. To go, you know, doing weddings. Amen. And so good stuff going on because they didn't quit a face set as stone let's look at acts chapter 20 can we look over to acts chapter 20 please can you do that with me amen who's having a good time today this has just been a productive morning so far like i said you know finished off raising thirty thousand dollars we recruited children's church workers we uh man we've planned a concert we got we got all sorts of stuff going on here and a great time of praise and worship wasn't that good Man, that was good. We are definitely blessed. Acts chapter 20. We're going to look at verses 22 through 24 because you can hardly talk about determination and doing the will of God without talking about the Apostle Paul. This man went through a lot. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. And so uh, here he is. He's talking to a group of believers and He's like, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to set sail, head out to the next stop. But he says this, Acts 20 and verse 22, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. And that's kind of like us right now. Man, I don't know what's going to happen next. But he said this, Except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. How would you like that? I mean, that's like, hey, Paul, uh, just so you know that you're getting ready to go to a bunch of places, city after city, jail and suffering lie ahead of you. Be blessed. Have a good day. You know, we'll talk to you later. I mean, who wants, who wants to hear that? But that's what the Holy Spirit told him. But look at all this. Look at this. Verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me 
by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Now, you need to know that verse right there. That is, a, that is one of my absolute favorite verses. He's like, listen, I'm aware that this isn't going to be the easy road. I'm aware that the fair is where you go and ride rides and eat cotton candy. But I'm not looking for fair right now. I'm looking to do the will of God. And he said, man, even if they kill me, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the will and the plan of God to tell others about Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't even want to live anyway if I can't do that. And we wonder why God used Paul in the way that he used Paul. He was fully aware that trouble lay ahead, but he went anyway. And yeah, he got arrested. Yeah, he took some beatings. Yeah, some rough stuff happened to him. But he never, ever quit. And I'm so glad he didn't quit because I've got a whole lot, two-thirds of my New Testament that I can read right now in 2021 because Paul did not quit when it got tough. Now look at your life. What if you don't do the will of God for your life? What if, I don't know what the call of God is on your life. You know, I mean, you've got to figure that out. You've got to know that. But what if you don't do the will of God for your life? What is the next generation? What is the next round of people that, that, that needed what you had? What are they going to do if you don't do your part and fulfill your call? And I'm telling you right now that there is a call, but you are going to have to be determined to do it because it's not just going to happen. You are going to receive resistance. You're going to receive people that are angry at you. You're going to receive the devil that's mad at you, but you're going to have to be determined with your face set as stone to do the will of God. Now, I'm wondering, what if more Christians had Paul's attitude that he had right here of, well, my life's worth nothing to me anyway, unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. You know what? I believe if there was a whole bunch of Christians like Paul, that we wouldn't be here right now. We'd already be in heaven. Because it tells us that, I mean, Jesus is going to come back when every nation, when every people group gets a chance to hear the gospel message preached to them that, hey, the, he's ready. He's going to come back and get us out of here. And I don't know exactly how many people groups, tribes, and, 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 and natives and all these different places haven't heard the gospel yet. But I would say if there's more Christians like Paul, they would have just gone over there and preached it themselves and got the gospel out there. And we'd probably already be sitting up there in heaven with Jesus in our mansion right now. We need to be determined to do the will of God. And so you have some tough choices to make these days. Is obeying God more important than your own comfort and desires? Some, I mean, you know, it got, it got quiet there for a second. But listen, is obeying God more important to you than your own comfort and desires? Would you rather die a billionaire or would you rather die having completed the work that God assigned you to do? Would you rather teach your kids how to follow God or how to follow the money? How to follow the money? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I am superbly grateful that my parents taught me how to follow God. And I can say that with all, you know, all assurance uh, that my parents, they, there's a lot of things that I, you know, maybe didn't learn growing up. I heard some, I don't know, I think you're a fool, but some people, yeah, my dad, he taught me how to fight. He taught me how to blah, blah, blah. And all I hear is, I'm a moron. I'm a moron. I'm a moron. But anyway, that's, a, anyway, that's, that's me. 
You talk, but anyway, I just think that's stupid when people say dumb stuff like that. My dad didn't teach me how to fight. And, and thank God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. But what my dad did teach me how to do is when things get tough, I can tell you how to hear the voice of God's son. I can tell you which verses specifically to turn to every day of your life. I can tell you how to speak the right words over your life. I can tell you how to raise children, how to keep a marriage together, and how to keep other people's marriages together. I can show you those things. And he didn't teach me, well, here's how you want to invest. Here's how you want to. And no, that's fine. That's good. You, you, you got to do that. But my parents taught me how to hear the voice of God and follow the will of God, whether it's easy or whether it's not, and how to not be a quitter. And I am so thankful right now. I am so thankful that when things have gotten tough the last couple of years, that I already knew how to not quit, how to stick together, and how to turn to God. So I'm trying to say is that just trying to be completely transparent and honest that there can be some big challenges ahead of Christians and into the entire world in the coming days. But how determined are you to do the will of God? Will you still follow Jesus even if it makes, means that people make fun of you? Will you still follow Jesus even if you're threatened? Will you still follow Jesus even if your own government tells you that you have to do it their way and on their terms? I'm, I, I don't care. You, tell me, you can't tell me how to pray, how to sing, that I can't sing. I will worship Jesus how the Bible tells me to, no matter what it, any other outside source tells me to do. But things are getting real. And, you know, I, my, my thing is this, is that I try to be an encourager and I try to be nothing but positive, And that's just, that's my personality. I already told you that we had to watch the sound of music a few weeks ago and, and the opening scene where Julie Andrews is skipping through the fields. My wife looks at me and says, oh my gosh, that's you. That is sick. Like, that's pretty much, that's my life a lot of the time. I, you know, that's just my person. I'm usually very happy and positive, and she imagines me like skipping through fields of daisies with rain. And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. That's just, I, I, I love, I love Jesus and all that stuff. But we can't lie and say that it's going to always be easy to follow Jesus, because it's not always going to be easy. In fact, Jesus said, count the cost. He said, you're going to have to take up your own cross. And follow me. He said that, 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 that the way to destruction, the road to hell is easy. It's a broad way. The, the broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life. It's difficult and few there be that ever find it. But I don't care how difficult it is. I'm going to heaven and I'm not turning back on Jesus. I am not going to take the easy way out. I have determined with my face set as stone to do the will of God, no matter what anybody else thinks or anybody else wants for my life. And so part of the issue in the world today is this. And here I'm just, I don't know, this, I'm just going to throw it out there. The American church has failed the last couple of decades. People can agree with that or not agree with that. I don't care. I mean, I'm just going to have to get real. The American church has failed the mission for the last couple of decades. Uh, we've, you know, I'm not going to, uh, we've done our best and a, a lot of churches have. Thousands of churches have, but in general, churches and preachers have only told people what they want to hear. I'm just being a thousand percent honest. 
They've allowed society to tell them what they can and cannot talk about. Yesterday morning, all right, national news, church in El Monte, California got bombed because they're seen as anti-LGBTQXYZABC123, yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm not making fun. And I guess I, you know what, and I, we're the most loving people in the world, but I just want to go on the record in front of the entire world and the internet right now that I believe that marriage is one man and one woman, that God created boys and God created girls. And it's not your choice. It's not your choice. And so, I mean, that's not, I mean, I guess that's considered hate speech now, but it's simply the word of God. And I just, I want to flat out go on the record saying that that's what I believe and that's what this church believes. And we love every buddy that the lord created but i love the word of god more than anything else in this world and that's what god says so yes yesterday a church in el monte california got got bombed and uh it's because they're seeing that they preach against homosexuality i don't know to what extent i'm not but anyway there's already been before this the church was hated by local people apparently over 14,000 people have signed a petition to get the city council to kick the church out of the city and so what i'm saying is this is Hey, I'm not some radical guy. I'm not some hater. I'm not some mean guy. But I do believe what the word of God says. And in the coming days, that may get you labeled a hater, a domestic terrorist, a supremacist, uh, whatever. When you simply say, hey, I, I, it says this and I believe it. So what I'm saying is, are you determined to do the will of God? Even if it means that not everybody likes you and hugs you and, 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 and thinks you're the best thing ever. Are you? It's easy to say. We say that in here, but let's get real. The American church has shied away and been bullied into submission on controversial topics because they don't want to take heat from the world. And we're paying the price right now. We're paying the price right now. I'm, and it's, it's the absolute truth. There should be nothing controversial it's not even debatable when I say that it's, it's not right to kill a baby. That's, that's not controversial. It's the word of God. But churches won't talk about these things anymore because we take heat and we're called things and we're paying the price right now with a society that's massively turning on Christians. And uh, I don't know what else to say, but I just, that's why, hey, no matter what happens, we're sticking with the word of God. We're going to do this thing, whether everybody likes it or people don't like it, whether it's labeled extreme or not. This isn't extreme. This is simply the word of God. We don't go out of our way to take. I mean, I'm not there on this, you know, the sidewalks with a mega horn trying to get. You know, it's not my thing, but I'm not going to shy away when push comes to shove. The word of God's true. And I can't change that to fit your life. You got to change your life to fit the word of God. And so, you know, there's been there's been a in, in the last two decades, the American uh, across America, there's been a surge of what we call mega churches. Right. And that's you know, that's fine. It's, that, I would say a big church is a good thing. But we've seen tons and tons of churches of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people. Yet, for some strange reason, the overall church attendance since the 1990s is just nosedived. Like what? So all the, there's some churches that are getting huge, and then the average churches are dying and closing their doors, and no one's coming anymore. What's wrong with this picture? 
It doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes some sense when you realize, well, it's real easy to, if you just tell everybody that they're okay and that they don't need to change anything and that they're good enough, smart enough, and everybody likes you already. I mean, if we just feed you cotton candy all the time, then, yeah, people are going to show up in the droves. And, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not making fun of it, but, I mean, if your version of the anointing is we've got the best, we've got the best fog machines in Barstow, we've got the best... We've got the best light show. I mean, it's, it's trippy, man. It's awesome. You re- if we put on the best rock concert in Barstow, and that's our idea of having a good church service, no wonder when somebody pushes you about your beliefs, you fold like a cheap house of cards. Oh, well, well I, 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 I know, but, but I, I don't really believe that, or I, I don't know. It's a personal thing. When somebody says, oh, so you believe this, and it's in the Bible, you should say, yes, I believe that. And I'm not ashamed of it because the Bible says it. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm proud of it. It saved my life. It healed me of cancer. It saved my marriage. I love the Bible. There's parts that aren't, aren't quite as lovely, but I love it, man. It's changed my life, and I'm not going to get pushed around about it anymore. I'm going to stand up and say, yes, that's what I believe. I'm determined to do the will of God. And so there's been, I mean, preachers that have been determined to make a name for themselves instead of making the name of Jesus popular. Making the name of Jesus. Well, come to me if I can get enough Instagram followers, if we can. And, man, that's trash. That's got us into a bad spot nationally. We need Preachers and Christians that are more interested in making the name of Jesus known than their own name known. And it's a, it's just a mess. We need churches. I'm not, I'm going to say like this church and like so many other great ones in Barstow and all over America to start filling up and rising up. And I don't care if we ever have 10, 15,000 people. That's not my goal is to make disciples of Jesus. I'd rather have a church of 100 people that are disciples of Jesus than a church of 20,000 people that leave here and smoke weed and get drunk and fight and beat their wife. I'll go on the record and say that too. I think smoking weed is wrong. I think getting drunk is wrong. You know, I just, I got to get it all out there in the open. You know, I'm just Everything, you know, these con- these things that were not even controversial 10 years ago, whatever, I'm just getting out there. I think they're wrong and they're bad and they will bring damage to your life and not bring goodness to you. If you have some things that need work through, we've got the answers right here. Amen. I don't need some controlled substance to help me out. And if that makes me bad and a hater, then so be it. But I believe the word of God. All right. I, uh, I'm just going to keep moving here because you're feeling the heat. All right. But during the during the pandemic here, I've I've learned uh, I've seen a few things. I've seen a lot of things. Um, I've seen that one lukewarm Christians have either completely fallen off or simply continued in their lukewarm ways. But on the other hand, I've seen cold Christians and lost people get scared and decide to really follow Jesus. I mean, I mean, I've seen a lot of people. You know, and I guess that's why Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Lukewarm's the worst because lukewarm, you think, oh, I'm all good, man, me and Jesus, but you're not. But a cold person, someone that's either totally not with Jesus or they're just flat out, they're not a very good Christian, they're like, hey, I know it. And those people got scared that I've seen this year, like, man, I better get in church. It's getting real out there. 
Then, of course, I've seen the third thing, that committed Christians just ramped up their commitment even more than ever and were determined more than they've ever been before to serve God and do things his way. I've seen a lot of things in the last year, but I want to show you Jesus' attitude when he faced the most difficult moment of his life. Can we flip over to Luke chapter 22? Luke 22. Now, my goal today is, has not been to hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody, but I figure while we're just handling business at this day and age that I need to just get some things out there for what I believe and what this church believes. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want, I'm, I'd rather lose people than lose the presence of God in here. And I, you know, I'm just being totally honest. I, I can, I can, that's not my goal to ever do lose anybody or whatever, but I got to have the presence and the anointing of God in here. And the more that I mix the crud of this world in with the presence, it just, one of them's got to go, one or the other. And we're going to have to choose the presence of God because being totally catering to everybody's feelings obviously isn't getting the job done. We got, I mean, the whole nation's falling apart right now and the world and trying to please everybody is not getting the job done. If you can't please everybody, then please one and we'll just make that Jesus. How's that sound? Amen. Luke 22, verses 39 through 44. So this is Jesus in the most trying moment of his time on this earth. He is getting ready to go to the cross. And it's, I mean, it's not pretty here. But Luke 22, verse 39, it says, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And here we have Jesus in this moment. You know, we've painted this picture. Hopefully you've read this story. But here he is the night that he was going to be betrayed when the soldiers were going to be showing up and arresting him and hauling him out of there. Here he is praying to God, if there be some other way, Father, let's do this. But he prays the most powerful thing that we can see right here. He says, yeah, I want your will to be done not my will. Let's do things your way and not my way. Now, there's some things I don't have to, again, I don't have to pray the will, will of God on. Lord, if it be your will, heal me of this. Well, the Bible clearly says it's his will to heal you of this. Lord, if it be your will, you know, let my children serve you. That, it's the will of God. You don't have to pray that. But there are some things that you've got to pray. God, I don't know which way to go on this, but I want your will, not my will, to be done in this. And then here we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the most important person on the planet, shaking his body, knowing what lies ahead the very next day. He's going to be beaten and, and, and torn limb from just, just massacred, beaten to a pulp. He's shaking and sweating, and blood begins to just come out of his pores. And he says, I'm not turning back your will your way not 
my way. And here we are, somebody says, you believe that stuff? No, I don't know. And you back out of it just like that. We have got to get some guts and some backbone and some courage as the body of Christ in the day and age in which we live. His will, not my will. And his will is not always the easiest way, but it is always the best way. And it always pays off every single time. And so we look at Jesus here like, well, yeah, duh, he had to do it. His dad made him. His dad didn't make him do this. In fact, he told Peter, Peter said, man, let's get the swords out. We'll just take care of all this right now. I'll fight him. I'll fight him to the death. And Jesus said, Peter, put the swords away, man. Don't you realize? I don't need your sword. I don't need your gun. I don't need. Listen, if I wanted to, I could get out of it, Peter. I could ask God for 12 legions of angels right now to haul me out of here and just get out of the whole thing. Jesus could have backed out, but he didn't back out because he knew you needed him. He knew you didn't stand a chance. He, I didn't stand a chance. There's no way I'm going to heaven without Jesus. No way. I'm not good enough. Not a chance. And neither are you. But thank God that Jesus didn't back out. And so what I'm saying is this. If you're going to do the will of God, number one, there will be challenges. But number two, there will be rewards. There will be rewards. I want you to see Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12, 2. Are we, are we getting this today? Are we together on this? Are we on the same page here? Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. And so, why did Jesus even go through with it? I mean, what's up with it? Because there's rewards to doing the will of God. No doubt about it. There's rewards. There's blessing to it. Hebrews 12, 2. So it says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Do you see right here that why did he stick to the cross? Why did he endure the cross? Because of the joy that awaited him, he endured the cross. Well, question, what was the joy that awaited him? What was the joy that awaited Jesus that made him so determined to die on a cross for everybody? We were the joy, and the joy is this, is that he wanted his whole family in heaven with him someday. It's as simple as that. What does the will of God come down to? Jesus wanted his whole family. Now, is everybody going to go to heaven? No. Does that mean that it wasn't God's will for that person to go? No. Peter said that, that he, it's not his will that any should perish. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people choose to not do things his way. And by their choice, they will not go to heaven. But that doesn't mean it was the will of God for them to go to hell. It was not God's will. And so the joy that awaited him was he wanted us, his brothers and sisters, according to Romans 8, to be in heaven with him. And so I'm telling you right now, the absolute biggest, most important thing to me in my life is that my children go to heaven too. Not, there's nothing in this world, not anybody in this world, nobody that is more important to me than that, that my children go.
go to heaven with me. If I go to heaven and my kids aren't there, I mean, that's a rough thing to look at. If I go to heaven and, and, and my, you know, my family isn't there, I don't even want to think about that. Yet the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of us, we've got family that needs, I've got family, I've got relation that they need to call in the name of the Lord. And if I give up now, if I don't do the will of God, if I, if I can't finish the will of God for my life, I don't know if they're going to get there. I have got to stick with this thing no matter how hard it gets. And so I'm willing to endure some things in this life to follow God's will if it impacts how I'm going to spend all of eternity. The next hundred billion years, I'm willing to endure a few hardships right now if it will affect how I spend eternity. The last thing I want to look at is Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Are we still together on this? Are we still in this? Amen. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Mark 10, 28 through 30. Because what we're saying is this, is that following the will of God, yes, following the will of God, there will be some challenges, but there will also be some rewards. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Mark 10 verses 28 through 30 and peter you know peter is always not afraid to voice his opinion not afraid to speak up on issues mark chapter 10 verse 28 it says then peter began to speak up we've given up everything to follow you he said everything they gave up their houses they gave up their jobs everything yes jesus replied and i assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or property, for my sake, and for the good news, will receive now, in return, a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. Amen. Along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. And so what is it I'm saying? If we give some stuff up for Jesus right now, oh, he'll make it up to you, man. Well, I gave up $4 an hour to go do this job because he told me to. He'll make it up to you. Man, I gave up this over here, and then he'll make it up. He promised in this life, and in the life to come, he'll make it up to you if you'll just let go of some things. I've got a little picture I want to put on the screen there. It may seem kind of silly, but it's a great illustration to me. We've got this little girl just clinging on to this little teddy bear that she wants so much. But God, I love it. And he's got something waiting even better for you. Just trust me. You give me that little thing. I've got something so much bigger and better for you. Just trust me. Maybe God's speaking to your heart today and like, oh man, I just, it, I don't know. I just want to, I don't think I, I want to hold on to this and I don't think I can. Just let go. It will be well worth it in the end. If we do the will of God now, you are not going to regret it one bit. Even if it costs you money, even if it costs you friends, you will not regret it. He's got something so much better for you. And I can say this again. About my, my parents, there's, I'm, they're a great example about it. And you'll see why I'm doing this in a minute, but they gave up our house, just to be flat out honest with you. Things got hard at our church when I was a kid. And, uh, and, and we gave up our house and, and we moved in 
uh, uh, the, the church property that it was owned. And we gave up a house for the gospel because we wanted we wanted people to get saved. Well, I don't think I could. And that, you know what? Whatever. You can judge that and say we were wrong. But I'll just say now that God has paid them back in this life. You see, my dad goes fishing like every day, right? Because way out here in the desert, God gave them their dream home in this life. But in the next life, there's also a mansion awaiting. There's also streets of gold. Amen. They gave up friends. But look at all the friends we have in this building now. I lost a lot of friends as a teenager in high school, okay? And I was bitter for a minute there because a lot of people slandered us and, and said some mean things about us. And I was a bitter little little guy there for a few years. But God has more than made it up to us because I like all you guys better than everybody else in Indiana anyway, right? <laughs> You're better. You're better looking. You're good people. Right? But God made it up to us. And my whole thing boils down to this today. Are you determined to do the will of God? Even if you've got to let go of some things right now, even if it's hard, even if everybody doesn't tell you how awesome you are anymore. Are you willing to let go of that to please him more than please people and to get to heaven with your whole family with you, your kids and everybody? What is it worth to you? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray over you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.